Welcome to Bat Therapy, exploring your favorite comic book characters through the lens of clinical psychology. Be a fly on the wall or a bat in a cave, listening in on a friendship built out of a love for talking Batman, comics, and the everyday struggle to achieve mental health and happiness. We are your hosts, clinical psychologist Dr. Amelia Brown and comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado Keaton Hopkins. This podcast is about providing education and understanding and is not a replacement for mental health treatment or support. If you're needing help, go to bat-therapy.com for resources. Okay, so I'm actually really excited about today's topic. We are talking about what it's like to just be a regular, everyday person living in Gotham. And I don't know, I don't know what it is about this, but I'm, I'm super, super excited about this one. So this is something I actually spend a lot of time every single day of my life thinking about. Um, that does not surprise me. Yeah. So Gotham is a terrifying place, but it, it, it's also like every time they show it, the skyline of it, it's like this beautiful but dark kind of city. And mm-hmm. it just has like so much deep history, which that's the Court of Owls. But more on that later on. That's just another yeah. reason that this is a wonderfully sketch place to live. It has a very noir feel to it in almost every depiction. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's always like. I think sometimes I've seen it sunny in Gotham, but it was like, ironically, it was, <laughs> they showed it sunny just to show like Poison Ivy's plants growing or something sure, like that. Sure. Like, look, she runs on photosynthesis, y'all. Like, it, it like it, it's, it's one of those things where when the sun is up, it's like, oh, thank God we can, <laughs> we can breathe. We can take a breath today. Yeah. Probably fear gas you're breathing, but Yeah. You can take. You got to take your wins where you can find them. And so, yeah, the yeah, we're gonna talk about the the day in the life of your average Gothamite. Yes. So, okay, Keaton. So you you think about this every single day. Yeah. So so what are the what are some of the things that that come to mind for you when you're thinking about this? So all right. So obviously, this place is filled with supervillains, but at the same time, still millions of people live here and so my first question was why why is it that people are still living in gotham city despite Mm. everything yeah you know it is a really good question um you know so I had trouble kind of figuring out because I was trying to do some research on on what it's like to maybe live in a place that might be like Gotham and it was hard to to figure out what to look for in terms of who chooses to stay, who chooses to leave. And I was thinking about, you know, what are similar circumstances where, okay, there are, there are many cities that have been incredibly violent either currently or in the past and people have still lived there, right? That's true. And so I was, yeah, I was trying to think of it from that end. And of course there's, you know, the super villain component and you don't have Superman in your back pocket to just, you know, take care of everything. Although, I mean, still Metropolis isn't the safest place either. I was honestly about to say, I think it would be difficult for me to decide which city 
to choose between because honestly if i lived it yeah because i mean if i lived in gotham at least i know you know what street lights come on you need to be in the house probably in metropolis your skyscraper could just go down at any given moment yeah right i think it's it's different kinds of danger but still dangerous yeah, it's kind of like the weapons match the the defenses, right? And so, okay, Superman, great. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so if someone can take Superman or can almost take Superman, yikes. <laughs> that, that's a pretty terrifying prospect. Uh, right. But at yeah. the same time, I feel like if Batman and Superman just switch cities for a day, they could mm-hmm. have pretty much the whole place cleaned up. Because <laughs> everybody that attacks Metropolis, what do they bring with them? Kryptonite, Right. Keaton, Keaton, there's a huge flaw in this theory. Okay. Injustice proves that that would not turn out well for Superman. Okay, yeah, that's in, that's in Elseworlds, and yeah, you're, okay, <laughs> fair. Yeah, but getting back to Gotham, so one great question is why why do people choose to live there, or why don't they leave? And and I mean, there there are many people in these kinds of circumstances, and part of it, of course, is who has the opportunity to leave. So not everyone has the ease and ability to just get up and and leave. Right. But there's also just this kind of, I think the fundamental underpinnings that that create really strong ties and connections to your community that you almost have to make to survive that might also make it difficult to leave. And it's funny because whenever they show the people of Gotham, I feel like they're always just, your average people just trying to live the best they can. Like, it really does remind me a lot of, like, New York. And it was funny because I was thinking about it, and I feel like everything that is in New York is in some way also in Gotham. Like, they definitely have all the Broadway shows. They have something similar to the Statue of Liberty there. It's not daytime. A lot. Granted, that could just be because story-wise, it it needs to be dark. <laughs> it helps to be dark when your main character only comes out at night. Right. I I do think it is very interesting because it, all well, most of these storylines do focus on the superheroed or the super ability or you know this outlying sample of people. Whether you're yeah. a villain or a superhero or a sidekick or someone assisting on the side. Uh, but yeah, there there are also going to be the normal, quote unquote, normal people, uh, whatever in the world that looks like for someone living in a place that has to deal with all of this stuff all the time. It makes me think about, I think it was Dennis O'Neill, uh, one of the Batman writers and editors. I think his, his quote was, let me see, his quote was, Batman's Gotham City is Manhattan below 14th Street at 11 minutes past midnight on the coldest night in November. Ooh. Right. It's, yeah. So it's it's obviously not a happy place, but someone's living here, and I think I know why. Ooh, tell me. So we have our pros and cons, and of course, we're going to touch on all of the cons. But because of the cons, well, there's probably a booming job market. Fair. Right. Uh, rent is probably cheap because even though Gotham's mm. on the East Coast, it's on a fault line and it's been hit with earthquakes. 
Naturally, because there's there's not enough going on there. Right. There's not enough going on there. Uh, it's been Gotta hit with earthquakes. It's been flooded before. Uh, that happened yep. in, in zero year. And so, oh, yeah. because of that, I'm willing to bet that rent, despite it being a big city, might actually be cheap. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That is a fair point. Uh, it has a public university. Mm. It has professional sports teams. Yep. And so I think there are a couple of things where I think it keeps, uh, Gotham keeps people there just because it's where they kind of either need or want to be. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, there's also, uh, you know, because I was sending you pictures, I was like, hey, look, this lines up with what we're going to be talking about. I was rereading uh, the I Am Gotham storyline, and it and it's a character describing what it was like growing up in Gotham. Yes. And it was interesting because it essentially talked about how Gotham is imperfect, just like you are, and essentially you... Um, it's not that you enjoy the bad things that happen, but it, it like becomes a part of you. The bad is like the, the bad stuff you deal with. The good is like the good stuff that you deal with. Like, like it's, it's almost like you become a symbiotic part or, or, you know, a a living part of Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, I think it takes a while, but I think eventually you get used to it. It's just like, I mean, I think every single person at some point says like, yeah, my hometown it sucks, but it's but it's but it's home, right? And I think that oh, I bet people. So I make fun of people. So I bet people from the city might might say different. People from New York City say they're from the city because there's only one, right? But then they complain. <laughs> they might say different. But they complain about the subway systems and the traffic and <laughs> like they always find something to complain about. But I feel like Gothamites are probably um, whenever they're outside of Gotham. And the subject comes up about whose city sucks. I feel like they have to be that person that one ups everything in conversation. Where this person's <laughs> like, "Oh, the other day we had a bad earthquake," and they're like, "Oh yeah, well I'm from Gotham." Insert long depressing rant, right? Um, <laughs> but I think everyone in the city is extremely resilient. Like I can't re- like you. You yeah. always see the people of like Philadelphia, like Philadelphia, like yeah, no one's gonna mess with us. And like people from New York, like yeah, go Yankees and all that. Mm-hmm. I think the people of Gotham have that on a whole yes. nother level. That agreed. They are willing to stick there, and everyone knows that Gotham's mascot is. A, a a vigilante man running around at night beating the living daylights <laughs> out of people and everyone's fine with it because that's where they're at now it's kind of like yeah. when everything happened with with covid and it's like oh covid and also there's and crazy election going on and also there's like murder hornets or whatever and at a certain mm-hmm. point you're just like fine whatever it's true Guess- did you hit the okay yeah. Bring it. Bring it's it. Fine. Like, yeah, I'll just yeah. pull up Netflix. It is what it is. And I yeah. think that is where the average Gotham citizen is at this point. Because it's like, so what, yeah, so what else is new? Oh, another supervillain. Okay. What, Here we go again. Which, All right. which roads are closed today? Like, <laughs> they, they kind of have to get <laughs> which used to it. Which roads are closed right? today? 
Because oh, we can't man, forget. It's Austin. <laughs> yeah, well, but we can't. <laughs> we can't forget that Bat- all of Batman's vehicles have heavy weaponry on them, and so w- whenever he's fighting a supervillain, he's still wrecking things along the way. It's it's just a very good thing that Bruce Wayne is so exactly benevolent and just bank yeah. rolls. Isn't it so convenient? <laughs> wow. They must be just best of friends. They even showed up again at the same time. Like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Everything. Like, Wayne Enterprises has their name on everything. Like, all of the, uh, like, specialized uh, jail cells that they put the supervillains in, it says yeah. Wayne Enterprises on them. It's like, huh. So they invented that there. Man, what can't their applied sciences division <laughs> do? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I mean, you also see, I mean, there there are these really great people in the community really trying to come together. It's just that that's not the focus of most of the storylines. Right. Yeah, it's, it. I definitely get what you're talking about in terms of you just kind of, you, you get used to what you're around. And actually, we see that a lot. So a lot of times if you talk to someone who say grew up in an abusive family or a neglectful family or in a violent neighborhood um, a lot of times it takes leaving that to even realize you were in it in the first place where it's like i thought everything was like this or it was just the the norm you don't you, you don't think of it as something so extreme even though it is having an impact on on you as a person yeah that's a good point and and also there's always that um that mentality of thinking about how great things used to be mm. right like and and i was thinking about that too because there was a time when gotham did not have all of these supervillains. And yeah. like when I was in school, when I was an undergrad centuries ago, I took field botany and my professor, she was absolutely brilliant. And I learned so much from her. And I thought if this were a comic book universe and uh-huh. I wanted to study field botany, who would be the number one professor <laughs> that I would want to study under? And it would be Dr. Pamela Isley, right? Naturally. She ends up becoming Poison Ivy later on, but that's who I'd you know. want to study under. Yeah. And yeah, of course, after I leave my uh after I leave my internship under her, I'm looking for something to do. Hallie Circus is conveniently in town and they're they're performing and that's that's wonderful. That's wonderful. And you know, sometimes I get a little, I'm, I'm upset about life and I need someone to talk to. And Dr. Harley Quin, Harleen Quinzel is like right there. And she's one of the best therapists in, in Gotham. Right. And you know, and I have an uncle and he's deaf, but Dr. Kurt Langstrom is doing all of this great work on developing hearing after, after it's lost. And so like, if you look at Gotham, before all of these people had very very bad days it is <laughs> it's the place to be yeah like it's yeah. it is the it is the place that's to to be i mean edward nashton before he became the riddler he was one of the best forensic scientists there was right and so like all, all of this it it all went very bad but before that it was very good 
Well, and I mean, that's actually an interesting point as well, because not only you're you're not only talking about how kind of generationally, right? So the city in it, in its aging process. Okay, so there were these periods of prosperity that happened previous to what's happening now. But you're even talking about characters that are around that in their own lives have have success, see progress, and yet something happens where things shift for them. And I and I wonder, is that something that's what happens when someone becomes the superhero or supervillain? Or is that just something about Gotham now that that is just kind of the norm for everyone? It just doesn't always end up as you becoming something super powered. Right. Like, I mean, like, and, and it's one of those things where I feel like Gotham now has to have a bigger watch system. Like, imagine their public school systems when they see a kid with anger issues. <laughs> <laughs> it probably goes a little different in Gotham, hopefully, right? They're like, whoa, go ahead and get him some help because we don't want to give him 10 years with this. Oh, that is an interesting concept. So on the one hand, people might be fearful and avoidant yeah. of expressing emotions and stressful situations and, and things going wrong because so many times it seems to go really wrong. Right. On the flip side, there might also be more resources to try and cut things off at the pass, right? So at least they're are used they to be. effective? Yeah, are they are they building up like preventative care or preventative services essentially, right? right. So let's let's take these people who I wonder, yeah, like. In Gotham in particular, what what are the risk factors for potentially becoming one of these notorious rogues gallery villains? And if you can identify those things, you can potentially maybe give people support and treatment ahead of the pass, ahead of the curve. And, and you know, maybe it's like that now because of everything that has happened. Because beforehand, whenever people had these issues, mm -hmm. Amadeus Arkham... Dr. Harleen Quinzel, mm -hmm. Hugo Strange, if you had a horrible phobia, uh, Dr. Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. Yep. Scarecrow. Like, all of these doctors that were at the top of their field, things went horribly wrong, and suddenly, it's the last person that you yeah. want to go talk to. Yeah. When beforehand, every Barnes & Noble in the DC Universe is filled with these people's books, right? Yeah. Yep. Like, they're the Do master of their craft. Do you think in Gotham, because of this pattern, do you think people aim for mediocrity? Like, do you start aiming for the middle because the extremes can just bounce so quickly? I don't, you know, I don't think so. I think that people still aim for the top because that's where the vacant spots are. <laughs> Oh, geez. You know, like because I mean, every every single week in Gotham, a new a, a different CEO is being froze to death by Mister Freeze, or they mm -hmm. went on a date with Poison Ivy and she kissed them, and that was that, right? Like every single week, someone famous in Gotham is getting knocked off, and that's one of the things that makes Gotham very different from a real city. Because a real city, a lot of the times, where do you see the crime happening? You see it happening in like the poorer areas it happens to a lot of people that are disenfranchised in Gotham. Mm -hmm. Nobody's safe. 
Oh, you're so right. In Gotham, nobody's safe. Especially the elite and the richest. They have nothing but targets. That is actually a really excellent point. Because if you're disenfranchised, if, if, if you're in one of these more vulnerable populations, no matter where you live, you are getting targeted. And you don't have a lot of resources to fight against it. Right. In Gotham, God, that's such an excellent point because in Gotham, like you said, it the scales balance out a bit more and you see yeah. people at the top actually getting dealt out what you're dealing with every day. In some ways, that might be kind of cathartic. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, wow, I'm having the worst day ever. Well, that is worse than that billionaire. He got frozen and then he got pushed over the ledge. He's in like a thousand pieces. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to go to work, right? Like, I don't, yeah, like yeah. maybe yeah. in like a dark sense, they're like, oh, Gotham, it's fair. <laughs> it makes it makes me think about uh, in the movie Batman and Robin, there was a song on the soundtrack called Gotham City made by interesting individual by the name of R. Kelly. Uh, but the, the lyrics is like uh, a city of justice, a city of love, a city of peace for every one of us. We all need it can't live without it we need a gotham city i laugh every time i hear that song because i'm like what part of gotham city were you in oh man right i know it's a beautiful it's a beautiful song made by a very horrible person but he's describing this utopia yeah and this this beautiful place and gotham is it's it's like that he's saying everything that he wishes Gotham could be. <laughs> yep, yep. In the song. And 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 so yeah, nope nobody's safe in Gotham City. Even the richest is like, oh man, Penguin paid Deadshot to kill that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean there really is something to be said for that, right? Like so when okay. So if if you are in a war zone or in a more violent setting of some sort. Right. There tend to be higher levels of depression, of anxiety, of PTSD, and and just trauma reactions. And people tend to just your your stress levels and how your body responds to stress is just at this this higher level of response for longer periods of time, and it really wears on your system in a lot of different ways. However, what you're bringing up might actually help in Gotham. <laughs> In terms of being able to respond to these things, because one of the one of the the factors that can get really challenged is we tend as human beings to really have a strong desire for belief in a just world. Yes. And it is not a just world. It is not a fair place. And so if if you're seeing though in Gotham that these bad things okay, you know, once again, like the the rich can bounce back faster in a lot of ways, I'm sure. But really, the the privilege only goes so far in Gotham. Like, you're right. Things are doled out to to them quite a bit as well. And I wonder if that just helps manage all the terrible things when it's, it's it's not something you want, but at least it's doled out a little bit more evenly. Yeah, because, I mean, people in Gotham are looking at everything that happened and like, oh, the, the richest family in Gotham, the Waynes, they just have nothing to worry about. They got shot in an alley. Oh, wow. Well, as, as you like to put it, 
It's Crime Alley. It is Crime Alley. It has a <laughs> it name. It wasn't always Crime Alley. It has a name. You still. can Google it, Crime Alley. Normally in a regular city, it's like, oh, the rich and elite, they're so safe. It's like, oh, well, what happened mm. to the commissioner's daughter? Shot and paralyzed. What happened to the district attorney? That went really bad. <laughs> uh, right? Uh, what happened to all of these professors that are so popular and so famous and so rich? All went very, very south. I think I think it's cute that you think professors are popular, but I, I hear what you're saying. Professors are so popular. Okay, to me <laughs> sure they're po- they are, to, to me they're popular. Well, yeah, because you're nerds like nerds like us. Okay, right? Fine. <laughs> fine. But like, all right. So, but like those prof- I, I would say those professors are are popular, right? Like, I mean, if if professors do something like super cool and and they're known, like like you know, Bill Nye. Bill, Bill Nye, he's he's famous and and cool, yeah. and for some reason I cannot think of a single other popular. I was about okay. First off, I'm sure you can think of at least one more, but I, I bet I'm, you can't think of five. Okay. Yeah, you can't think of like yeah yeah. You, we're gonna dry up real fast when it comes to to cool scientists and professors. And I love me some scientists and professors. They're all in my family. I'm gonna get a lot of shade for, for this episode. <laughs> sure but um yeah uh, not necessarily the the coolest of folks but i agree with you you know there's a lot of accomplishment in this group of people in gotham um but with that genius it seems to come with a price things yeah it it doesn't take long for things to take a terrible turn right right and and so yeah i think i think you're right maybe it is cathartic maybe because the average joe in gotham is like life ain't so bad for an average Joe in Gotham. <laughs> but <laughs> I ain't rich. I ain't getting killed right. either. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not rich. And you know what? A giant alligator man did not eat me. Yeah. And so yeah. I'm going to get a slice of pizza. Now, that being said, Gotham definitely has its, its other side. Yes. Which is everything that they have to be worried about. Because all of these professors and doctors did, in fact, go bad. And yeah. so if you are dropping something off at the bank, there's no telling what kind of day you mm. might have um, because the Red Hood gang might show up. Uh, if you go to the doctor, there's no telling what experimental drug you're being given and how it's been tampered with because Scarecrow just likes to test things and if you try and use any detergent or beauty product who knows what combination might result in a poisoning right i was about to get in my uber and then bane picked up that uber and threw it at batman now i don't have an uber and i have to walk (laughs) home through crime alley here we go again here we go again but at least i'm not a billionaire so i should be okay but at the, at the same time, though, like I think about a lot of these villains, uh, I, I feel like what they do, a lot of times they're just after Batman and then the Gothamites just get caught in the crossfire. It's like, oh, because I nine times out of ten villains, especially like the Riddler, will just do stuff like, hmm, I wonder what will piss off Batman. <laughs> Hurting Gothamites. Perfect. Yep. I'll do that yep. again. That always gets them to show. Every time. Clockwork. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, I mean, 
once again, a number of times they will pick the places where the rich people go, but not always, right? Sometimes it's the local bank or something flings into a building yeah. downtown or right. It, yeah. There, there's a, and, and, you know, one of the, the things that can be tricky too is there are, there are things that you can't tell if they're symptoms of a mental health condition or a symptom of the environment a person's in until it's over. And yet in Gotham, it's never over, right? Like, like so imagine this is what you're living in. You're going to be on guard and alert all the time. Any noise. Any noise is scarecrow around the corner. Any noise is Bane stomping down the street. Any Right? Any noise is something happening or about to happen and so there are different you know levels of attentiveness and even reactions that a person might have when they're living in Gotham that if they say we're living uh I don't know in Smallville would people would find very bizarre right like in in Gotham you do not buy anything that's unwrapped like you just don't it's like nope nope seal's been broken can't I'm gonna put that back nope not touching it i'm just gonna buy all my makeup off off amazon i'm just gonna buy it offline oh amazon must be so popular there you know maybe maybe but i feel like someone's gonna mess with it what yeah in the dc universe how likely is it that like jeff bezos is probably a super villain right like (sighs) you're right like it's not he's had his chance in real world to be batman and he hasn't yet so i can only assume (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh you're so right yeah and so i i don't know i don't i don't know how we how amazon would do in the in the dc universe it might be mm. just as bad <laughs> but yeah i i think it, you you have to be on your p's and q's in gotham and even all the while while they're going through these daily things you know what they're saying you know what at least it's not Bloodhaven. That place sucks, right? Like they're <laughs> like they they always like no matter how bad your city is, you you always have another city to talk trash about, and and that's Bloodhaven. That's but how how do you think someone does cope with all of it though? Because like mm. I'm 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 just ranting here, and I'm kind of just thinking about how jokingly how I would deal with it. But if it was a real world thing, I'd be terrified to leave my house like constantly. I can't imagine trying to be a news anchor there. Like you never have a non-breaking news story. Yeah. It's always breaking news and something crazy and insane happening. Yeah. You know, it would be really tough. And, and I I think one of the things that that you and I have been lucky with is we have not lived in places where we've really had to relate to the situation, right? But I mean, there are people that live in incredibly dangerous areas. And you, you do, you have to find a way to keep putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And I think, I think part of it is how do I find the things that I can appreciate? How do I focus on things that are worth the risk? And do I want to feel miserable and just be stuck in my house doing nothing where my life is it just sitting in the misery? Or do I find a way to take my mind off of that misery and maybe focus on, on something else? 
being able to take where can I take control and unfortunately there are these huge things that are not in our, are under our control so okay well what do I have under my control what do I have in my house that I I can connect with who do I have in my life um, what do I want for myself? But yeah. And that's a very, that's a, a very good point that you made because I, I realized like, yes, I am very spoiled to live in the safe haven that I do, but there are people around the world right now who yeah. live in real life places that would absolutely be terrifying to me yeah. like that. I can't even put it lightly. And so thinking thinking about it now, it's interesting because Gothamites are resilient because they literally have to face their worst fears on a daily basis. You know, like what you were talking about, I I I do believe it re it recalibrates people, right? And I mean, like I mean, you can even see um you know, in the United States, we haven't had so. For example, there there's absolutely violence in the in the United States, but in terms of a of war, which is kind of one of those like larger overarching kind of uh, violent scenarios, because that was one of the things I was looking into preparing for today. Like, what are some examples that could relate in different ways? And I, I mean, if you think about different generations. And in, in relation to what wars they've been through or fought in. And it, it really does change your perspective in a lot of ways. Um, so, you know, a lot of the things, to be honest, that you and I might get really stressed and really worried about, someone who's been through the, the thick of some really serious situations might be like, why? Why does this matter? Right. <laughs> They'll be like, this is ridiculous. Why are you even worrying about this? Right. You get recalibrated to like a different setting in terms of what what stresses you. Also, what's important to you and what's not worth having to deal with or, or reacting to as much. Yeah, that that that's true. Jumping jumping universes a bit here, like thinking about it, like someone from Alderaan wouldn't really be worried about a hurricane. Exactly. Right. I see. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Even in dire circumstances, eventually you you're are, are you saying that people just naturally will eventually get used to it? I don't know if that's the right way of phrasing it or not. And, and once again, me not having lived through these things myself, I don't feel comfortable necessarily saying that. I think what I would say is that it's priorities shift paying really having to being forced to hone in on what is important what do you value really becomes necessary in these kinds of situations yeah I mean it it, it, you you just have to you have to find your your body is just naturally going to try and find ways to to adapt like you mentioned resilience so a lot of times people hear about things like post-traumatic stress disorder but there's also post-traumatic growth there's resilience. Okay. Post-traumatic growth. I've never yes. I've never heard that oh. phrase before. Yes. Post-traumatic so, growth. That sounds like that sounds good. Yes. So actually, that might be a really good um, one for me to do for the bat therapy database for this episode is post-traumatic growth. It's a really great one. Not everyone's heard about it. But yeah, the stress and the trauma we go through, this is not to say that, oh, 
thank goodness I went through these terrible things. But there is such opportunity for growth, resilience, learning, understanding. People do get through to the other side and, and really have some wonderful, unique strengths to them that come from these situations. And a visual that I always like to think of is, um, so I, I love gardening. And um, I just love when you're like walking down the street and there's literal like concrete and there's like a dandelion popping out in the middle of the concrete. You're like, how in the world did this flower manage to grow here? I will kill things in my own house where I'm babying it, you know, with water and all the things. And yet here's this dandelion that is surviving literally in the middle of just like rock and concrete. And so it's amazing what growth can happen in adversity because we get caught up in just how terrible it can be. But the the brain and the body really wants to adapt, wants to survive. And so it's amazing what abilities a person can have um, to get through. And, and, you know, going back to Gotham, when, when I think about post-traumatic growth, um, I think the first people that I would think about would be uh, Dick Grayson and Barbara Go- Ooh, and, yes. and Barbara Gordon, yes. right? I can't put Batman in that category because I think he still has demons that he has not dealt with. Yeah. But I really do feel like when you look at the kind of person that Dick Grayson is, he has a sense of humor. He doesn't take things too seriously. He still fights mm-hmm. crime, uh, he, but he, he does it with a smile. And yeah. he's... He, he doesn't seem broken yeah. the way that, that Bruce does. Yeah. And and think about where he started. He also started witnessing right. his parents' death. Right. A very, right. very, what what would definitely cause trauma. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely a trauma, right? There's going to be all these reactions. I really think you nailed it. Dick Grayson is a wonderful example of post-traumatic growth. And it's not that his life is easy. It's not that he doesn't miss his parents. It's not that he doesn't struggle. It's that he's found a way to enhance his life. He's, he's learned through this process in a way that he's been able to grow into, into something worthwhile for himself. Yeah, yeah, he's a great example. Yeah, post-traumatic growth. I'm I'm actually blown yes. away. I'm upset that I've I'm just now hearing this phrase. I'm excited because it means that our podcast is doing what we want it to do. Yeah, I'm growing. <laughs> You're growing. Hopefully, our listeners are growing. Right. The, I mean, this is the exciting thing, right? There are these wonderful characters, and are they made up? Made up? Yes, of course, they're fictional. All that, blah blah blah. But still, in order to write these characters, there's something realistic to them, even if they're all these, you know, magical and supernatural things going on. But yeah, it, it just it brings up all these wonderful things that that can help us learn and grow. Because that's the that's the thing is we we a lot most most of the time we cannot control the trauma. There are all these terrible, awful, horrible things. Picture being in Gotham. If yeah, you, yeah, you're forced to grow. Exactly. If you if you said I have to be in control, that I can't let bad things happen to me ever. You're right. You're going to be stuck in your home and you're never going to leave. And then Scarecrow's going to get flung by Batman, break you know break down a, a wall, and he's going to find you, spray you with his spray, and then all of it's going to get worse. Right. Right. So 
so there's the option of saying, no, I have to control everything when that's impossible. Right. Or it's, okay, we can't control these larger things. All we can do is figure out how do I move through that situation to the other side as best I can. I think we we all have to do that, whether it's a, a job we don't like or mm-hmm. whether it's getting through a rough holiday, uh, whether it's facing a bully. It, it's all things we have to get through. And we we see that in the average Gothamite because yeah. chances are high that they're going to face a serious fear and they're going to face a traumatic event and they hopefully will either come back from it or they will be the next great Batman villain. And so that, I mean, I think that in of itself is is a great description where I like to, to talk about there are always unintended consequences. Right. Right? So no matter what you do, you do it for certain consequences or, or outcomes you hope will happen. And yet no matter what, there are going to be other reverberations that are unintended. And some of those might be good and some of them might be bad. And what you were just pointing out is that how we how we respond to these bad situations that happen, and now sometimes those reactions are automatic, and and some you know we're able to think through a bit more. But whatever those reactions are, a lot of times the the initial reasoning is not to become a supervillain. Right. However. Certain responses in an attempt to survive or in an attempt to make it through might inadvertently have the ripple effect where, like you're saying, some of these people, if they're not able to focus on finding the growth, they might inadvertently shift toward becoming the villain. Right. Is it the the killing joke where, where Batman and Joker are kind of having the conversation where basically they Batman comes to the conclusion like I'm that he's he's one bad day from from becoming mm. the, the joker am, am i thinking yeah. about yeah i think so it's funny because we're talking about the day in the average gothamite but all of these villains and all of these superheroes are also gothamites like they live sure. in the very same city they they're better <laughs> at hand-to-hand combat but <laughs> theoretically i guess you know we've we've never seen them fight the everyday gothamite right fair uh, we, but they, they still deal with the same issues just on a different level. And it's because they're more experienced with dealing with it. If someone told me the Joker is out and he's roaming around, I would be absolutely terrified. If sure. someone told the average Gothamite that they would be concerned, but they would be like, sure. okay. And then on the, and then if you go even farther down the line, if someone told Commissioner Gordon that, mm. here we go again. Yeah. All right. Turn the signal on. Let's see what we can do ourselves, and we'll see what Batman can do the rest yeah. of the way. Even so, though, you know, some of those reactions, right? Because like you mentioned, these they are also Gothamites. I would say that certain characters are closer to that tipping point than others. Right. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, certain people are closer to that tipping point. But I think one of the things that you're pointing out that, that's interesting, too, is that it, for some of these folks in their attempts to change things and improve things, 
it somehow led them closer to that tipping point and they've tipped over to the point of the villains. And it is interesting. Like what, what makes that bad day tip into being a villain versus being into being a hero versus just struggling through as an everyday Gothamite. Right. Like, um, when, when you said that the first person that came to my mind was, uh, Jason Todd, Ah, uh, red hood right now. The Lazarus Pit definitely had a little bit to do with it. Yeah, that couldn't hurt. But but you're, he got to a tipping point. It's like these people need to die. Like I see these. Yeah. This is this is getting ridiculous. I'm tired of these people going to Arkham and then getting out at the end of the week. Joker beat me to death with a crowbar. This this is it. Like I've I have had yeah. it. Tipping point. But at the same time, all of these characters that that have that tipping point find their way back can find their way back into the light uh jason mm-hmm. todd certainly found his way back into the light uh clayface yeah found yeah. his way back into the light um and so like there there is still hope for all those characters that do go off the deep end but uh the the average gothamite is still fighting that battle to not go off the deep end yeah well and part of it might be a a level of acceptance where different people i mean we see this in everyday life too right we have we have people who most of us have have things that we don't like that we would like to be different and for some people it reaches that tipping point where they're like i'm gonna go out there i'm gonna do something about it Right. Think about I mean, of course, there are violent responses to this, but it's also, you know, helping careers and social justice efforts and going on marches or helping with legislature and getting signatures or et cetera, et cetera. Tons of stuff out there. Right. I mean, it could be picking up trash on the side of the road and different people are going to be keyed to do different things and at different levels. Uh, And for the everyday Gothamite, yeah, it's it's kind of that balance where I think it's it's people who are doing what they need to to let life keep going for the everyday person and i don't know in some ways almost this separation from how do we make sure that the the villains and the superheroes don't mess it up for us might be a part of it really right right yeah because you yeah you you you're constantly worried about the the villains but at the same time, yeah, I guess you do have to worry about the heroes too. Like, man, mm-hmm. hope the Batmobile doesn't run over my car today, right? Like, you, right? you still, it, it's always something to worry about no matter who it is. But on top of that, they still have to deal with the everyday stresses of work and yep. school yep. Uh, and daycare prices. Uh, like, they, they, still, <laughs> they still get stressed about elections. <laughs> they they worry about police brutality. They everything that police corruption. Poli- oh gosh, <laughs> that I think we could do an entire issue. I mean, it's it's not just the police that are corrupted in Gotham. It's pretty much everything. Right, but the police are very very corrupt, which makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. It's like you've got one good cop. Like what? You, <laughs> for a while there. What What do you mean? All the cops work for the Penguin? What What? <laughs> how can How can this be? All of them except for the commissioner? What? <laughs> <laughs> so who do I call? 
<laughs> I called 911 and it was just a busy signal. Like, what? <laughs> Someone turn on the bat signal. Obviously, he's our only hope once again. <laughs> but in the meantime, I'm going to cook a Hot Pocket. Gotham. How about we do our mindful nerd moment? <laughs> I, you ready for it? I am. What do we got? Okay. I'm to get relaxed. All right. So what I was thinking was, um, I was thinking about Gotham and, okay, if I was living in Gotham, what that would be like. And it's just a lot of stress and it's a lot going on out in the world there. And what I was thinking is we could uh, envision ourselves doing just maybe something to help start the day for someone in Gotham to try and start it on the right foot. Right, the tensions are high. There's a lot to worry about, but just trying to kind of huh, take a relaxing breath to to just balance out your mind a little bit for the day. So I was thinking of just a mindful cup of coffee or tea in the morning. How's that sound? Love caffeine. All right, let's do it. So um, I am going to try and do this because I know some people like coffee, some people like tea, and I don't know, maybe there's other stuff people like out there. Um, I'll try and keep it fairly vague so so it'll work for whatever is a person's preference. Um, But yeah, essentially uh, that mindful cup of whatever in the morning to get you caffeinated and ready for the day. So as we always do, I want to invite you to... Just relax your body, sit in an upright but comfortable position. Um, If your feet are on the floor, make sure they're lying flat on the floor. Uh, Resting your arms gently either in your lap or by your sides. And if you're comfortable with it, it can be helpful to close your eyes. But the other option would be to just soften your gaze so that you're not looking at anything in particular. And what we're going to do is we're going to imagine that we're someone living in Gotham, it's the start of our day, and we've gotten up, we've gone into our kitchen, and we are getting ready for that first cup of coffee or tea in the morning. And I want you to bring awareness to your intention of getting that cup of coffee or tea. Feel your body as you imagine standing up, and noticing what the sensations would be of your feet touching the floor as you walk over to where you would get the tea or coffee. Try and just become the observer of your own body sensations. As you imagine approaching where you would get the coffee or tea, Raise your awareness to the different sensations that you may notice in your tongue or in your mouth in anticipation of the drink. So for example, you may notice that your mouth may start to water or other reactions as you prepare for that cup. Then imagine that you're going to pour the coffee or the hot water into the cup. Notice the sounds that you hear, the aromas that you smell, the colors that you see, the rising steam, and the warmth of the cup as you hold it. And notice what the cup feels like while it is in your hands as you imagine pouring this cup of tea or coffee. 
If you're the type to add anything, such as sugar or milk or cream, imagine doing so and observe how they mix into the liquid and dissolve into a new color blend. Watching it as if it's the first time. Next, imagine putting yourself where you'd like to be when you drink that cup, whether it's in a chair, standing somewhere, nearby, wherever it might be. But imagine going to that place and focus in as you take the first sip. Notice how it tastes and imagine that as that Gothamite, you're closing your eyes to help you concentrate fully on the flavor. Bring deliberate attention to the moment that you swallow and feel what the sensations would be as the liquid moves down your throat. See if you can notice an aftertaste or other sensations you might experience after taking that sip. Now imagine feeling the cup in your hands, taking in a slow, deep breath, really drawing in any of the smells or aromas that come from that cup, and allow yourself one last moment to appreciate this mindful drinking of the coffee or tea, and allowing yourself to just settle into this last moment. And then when you're ready, we're going to start coming back from the mindfulness exercise. We'll first just move our bodies a little bit. We're coming out of that Gotham kitchen and we're coming back into our own places where we're listening to the podcast. Maybe move your shoulders a little bit, roll those shoulders around or roll your head around, just getting used to where your body is seated now. And when you're ready, open and refocus your eyes and join me and Keaton back as we close things out today. So how was that, Keaton? That was good. One thing that I really like about the, the focus on mindfulness with this this podcast is that this is something that you can do anywhere so we do this every yes. week and they all sound very very similar as far as what we're doing and what we're focusing yep. on and my first thought was even though this was done in a kitchen and you made your coffee this could have easily also been done if you went by starbucks and you were sitting on the train during your morning yes. commute Exactly. Same, yep. same thing, same motivations, same, hopefully same outcomes, just from just kind of getting your mind prepared, focusing on your breathing, and just be, becoming more clear. Yes. And that is the hope. It's, it's less about the activity, per se, that you're doing with mindfulness, and more, yeah, it's more about the approach the intention, the preparation, I think you said being prepared, right? The preparation to really take in the full moment that you're experiencing. 
And when it comes to a place like Gotham, where there's a lot of chaos, or whenever any of us are in a bit of chaos, it can be hard to remember to step back and, and really just take in a moment. I can't tell you the amount of times I take my morning cup of coffee, tea, etc. And before I know it, it's gone and I, I barely paid attention to it. Right. This is about really taking in all those moments and fully appreciating them for for every bit. So, yeah, I like that preparation piece you're talking about. Absolutely. Can be done anywhere. Yeah. And I honestly, if I had to think of a way to get past Scarecrow's fear gas, I think that (laughs) mindfulness would would definitely be the first step. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed talking about the Gothamites today. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was it was uh it was a lot of fun. And honestly, I think I talking about it now, I think I am seeing it in a bit of a new light because before it was just like Gotham sucks. Why would anyone live here? And now <laughs> I'm kinda of looking at it like, Man, they're fear they're fearless. They're resilient. I know, like I right? it's uh and so yeah, it's all about perspective. Heck yeah. Thanks for nerding out with us. I'm clinical psychologist, Dr. Amelia Brown. You can find me at Crafting the Mind on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I'm comic enthusiast and nerd aficionado, Keaton Hopkins. You can find me and my friends' movie reviews and reaction videos at teamjvs.com or on YouTube at teamjvs. For more information on this and other topics, check out our website at bat-therapy.com. To keep current on episodes and other updates, subscribe to our Bat Therapy YouTube channel or follow us on social media. We'll see you next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.